there was a moment when everything was min tov. If you don't know those words, they're Hebrew words. Min means unique, of its kind, even one of a kind. Tov, that's a word that means multiplication. And for a moment, everything, people, plants, animals, all of creation was min tov. Now, tov can happen in such a way, things can multiply in such a way that they keep other things from living their min tov. That's the point of the tree of knowledge of good and evil or the tree of tov and ra. I call it tov because the word good has changed meaning over the years. It used to mean multiplication. Now it means mediocre or passable or okay, but that misses the point of tov. Because tov first and foremost means made to multiply. And so God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil of Tov and Ra right there in the middle of the garden and told Adam and Eve, don't eat, but they ate. They entered into a world where Tov was lived out in such a way that it kept others from finding and living their Tov. Sometimes people call this sin entering the world. Sometimes they call it the fall But however you label it, something major happened. Something changed in innocence. A purity was lost. People knew it. That's why they hid. They were ashamed because they were living Tov in a way that was keeping Tov from living. They knew it and they hid. And here's where the story gets really interesting. God knew it too. And God knew they were hiding. But the first question God asked, the first thing that God said is, where are you? Oh, such an amazing question. Welcome to the Find Your Tove podcast. I'm Dr. Henry Graff. This is episode 25. 25 sounds like a a special number. It's like a quarter of the way to 100. It's 0.25, one lap around the track. This is episode 25, and I'm calling it Four Looks. Now, we're in a little narrative arc called a line. That's what we're dealing with here in season three. We're going, how do we get our heart, soul, strength, and mind to align? How do we get our emotions, our will, our thoughts, and our resources all in alignment? And one of the ways we do that is the four looks. If unity in the midst of diversity is something that you long for, whether you long for that between countries or political parties, between groups, at work or in church or at school, maybe even within your own family, the place alignment starts is heart, soul, strength, and mind. Choices, emotions, resources, and thoughts. Alignment starts in me. And a great way to get aligned is these four looks or four questions The first of which is the one that God asked that very first time that there was misalignment where Adam and Eve knew that their will and their actions weren't lining up so they hid. There was misalignment between their choices, emotions, resources, and thoughts. They were going in a different direction. God asked this question, where are you? 
This, this one is the first of the four questions. It's a way to start that process of getting aligned. We're going to dive into what we do when we're not aligned and how we align our heart, soul, strength, and mind and why it's so important over the next several episodes. But I want to take a look at this first look right now. Let me give you the story. When God asked Adam, where are you? Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was naked, so I hid. That isn't an answer. It's an explanation. I want to say that again. It's an explanation, not an answer. This is what happens when we don't stop, look down, and answer the question, what is? Not what was, not what will be, but what is? Where are you right now? If you're anything like me, it is so easy to get caught up in what was. I call that one look back, and it's an important question, but it's not the first of the four looks. We have to look down before we look back. It's equally easy to get wrapped up in what's next, what will be, what can be, what might be, or even what might not be. I call that one look on, and it's the last of the four looks. But until we answer that question, where am I, we shouldn't do anything else. Can you answer that question? Where are you? I'll phrase it a different way. What is? Look down. If you're driving, don't do it right now. Don't physically look down. Pull over to the side of the road if you have to or wait till later. But man, where are you? Can you answer that question? Where are you physically? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Where are you financially? Where are you relationally? Where are you? What is? Can you imagine if Adam, and I say Adam because I'm a man, I identify with men. I know men and women think differently sometimes. Can you imagine if Adam would have just answered honestly, where are you? I'm behind this bush. I'm hiding. I'm scared. I'm ashamed. That's my guess that that's what Adam would say because that's what I'd say. And my gut tells me that God would have gave him that, that keep going kind of look. Maybe Adam would have said, I'm talking to God. That's where he was in that moment. In the past, Adam had done something he wished he hadn't done. He had disobeyed. He had broken relationships. He had, oh, but that was in the past. That was looking back. In that moment, Adam was talking to God. Something happens when we look down and we ask that, where am I question. Most of the time when we're helping people find Tove, it doesn't happen this way, but I remember the exact moment when my oldest daughter, Caitlin, found her Tove. It was New Year's Eve. On Christmas morning, we had woken up and the kid's big Christmas present was a trip to Disney. Four days later, we'd be on a plane and we'd be in the park on New Year's Eve. Now, New Year's Eve at Disney is packed. Back then, by 10 a.m., they were at capacity. And I didn't know how important it was to get dinner reservations, but somehow we walked up on New Year's Eve and got seated at Be Our Guest, the Beauty and the Beast dining experience. It was just incredible. 
Caitlin was in high school, and Adeline, she was in a wheelchair, and she had gone blind, but she was still eating. Now, my family has all kinds of allergies, and when you tell the waiter or waitress at Disney that you have allergies, they send a special allergy chef to the table. They really accommodate allergies well. Just hats off to Disney for that. The chef came to our table, and somehow he and Adeline just became the best of friends. Still to this day, I remember his name was Chef Jerry. And he did, which we find out years later, they call it Disney, making magic. He made the experience just so incredible that that night, as we left the restaurant and we walked across the bridge, Caitlin looked at me and she said, Dad, that's what I want to do. In that moment, she knew that she wanted to design experiences so that people of all ability level could experience that kind of joy that her sister had had that night. She got internships in high school for interior designers. She ended up joining the Disney College program, not only at Disney World, but she did the summer program at Disneyland. Finally, she got her dream internship as a Disney Imagineer. She had grasped the golden ring. And then... COVID happened. It shut down Disney. It shut down the world. At the time, she was an intern, so she was living in company housing, and so that meant you could only live there as long as you were employed at Disney. So all of their people living in company housing not only were jobless, but were now homeless. Obviously, everybody was anxious. There was all kinds of looking back and looking forward. But in that moment, I had one moment of dad clarity, and I asked her the question, are you safe? That's a look down question. Are you safe? Where are you right now? See, regret, that lives in the past. And anxiety often lives in the future, but right now, are you safe? Each and every one of us, we live in the present. We live in the what is. We really can't do anything about what happened yesterday or a month ago or a year ago. We can learn about it. We'll talk about that in another episode, but we can't change it. And anxiety often lives in the future, but we live in the present. Another way to look at that is to just stop and look down and ask the question, where am I? Sometimes it takes so long to learn to live in the present. There's a story in the Bible about the children of Israel being set free from oppression under slavery. For years and years, they were oppressed and enslaved by Ra. I mentioned that earlier in the episode. Pharaoh had taken on the name Ra so that he could oppress the children of Israel. He could keep them slaves. He could live his tove in a way that kept them from living theirs. And after they were delivered from that kind of slavery, they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Now, something happened amazing. Every morning when they would go out, they were anxious. They would wonder, where's my next meal going to come from? Under Pharaoh, yes, I knew I was enslaved, but I at least knew where my food would come from. He'd feed me just enough so that I could keep working. 
They'd walk out every morning, and the ground was covered with a substance. When they looked at the substance, they said this Hebrew word that is translated, what is it? And that word is manna. If you've ever heard the word manna, it means what is it? Because it took them that long to realize what it was, to realize that God was right there in the midst of where they were providing for him. This is what Jesus is talking about when he says daily bread. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he told them to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Yes, this is a lesson about provision. But all the more, it's a lesson about what is, where we are right now, daily provision. If you look closely at the text, they were allowed to gather an omer, a day's supply. If they gathered more than that, it would go bad. It would turn to maggots. That's except for Friday morning. On Friday morning, they could collect two days worth because they'd collect for Friday and Saturday. They had a Sabbath where they wouldn't even need to collect. They would just rest, which that's more the point of provision. The point is this, look down and see where you already have been provided for. Look down, where are you? I don't want to give a wrong message here. Look down is not this happy-go-lucky, everything's perfect. Sometimes we look down and there is pain. Sometimes we look down and it is hard. There's all kinds of reasons for that, and we'll talk about some of that in the next episode when we deal with look back. Sometimes we look down and it's positive, sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. But right now, as you start 2023, I want to encourage you, look down. Where are you? If I could throw out one suggestion, take a little bit of time every day. Not much, like 10 minutes. Sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and look to the Shema, look to the greatest commandment. Heart, soul, strength, and mind. Like Jesus praying about daily bread, the greatest commandment was a callback to manna. So where are you? Where's your heart? We're not talking about emotions here. We're talking about will. Another way to ask this question is, what do you want? It's so easy to get overwhelmed with all the things that I've got to do, a to-do list or a should-do list, but start with where you are right now. What's your will? What do you want? I was on the phone with my daughter the other day and she said, hold on, it's time to be real. I I thought she was going to drop a truth bomb on me or something, but there's this social media app called Be Real. And if I'm getting this right, they send out a text once a day and you have two minutes to post a selfie of where you are, what you're doing right now. And it uses both cameras, so it's kind of fun. It shows you and it shows what you're looking at. When we look down and we ask, where's my heart? We don't want to overthink it. We just want to capture where are we today? I want blank. These podcasts drop weekly, and next episode I'm going to talk about a line, and then the one after that I'm going to look at the second look, look back. So what if just for a couple weeks daily you just capture what is, where's my heart, what do I want? Second question, where's my soul? 
Now, remember, in the ancient world, soul is the kind of how we think heart today. Soul is about the emotions. In the book, Find Your Toe, a sketchbook, I use the picture of a foot, mainly because I love puns. Get it? Right? Soul, the bottom of your foot. But soul is that deep emotion. It's deeper than heart. Look down and capture it. Where's your soul? Where's your emotion? So where's your heart? Where's your soul? Where's your strength? And this isn't just about don't skip leg day. This isn't just physical strength, but it's where is your strength coming from? If the Bible is important to you, you might be familiar with this quote, my help comes from the Lord. King David said that. He's talking, my strength comes from the Lord. And if that's really where you are, capture it. It's another way to ask that question. What resources are you utilizing most? Where are you? So where's your heart? Where's your soul? Where's your strength? And that's where the Shema ends. But Jesus added one more, one final question. Where's your mind? Think about what you're thinking about. If you want to impress your friends, that's called metacognition. But look down. What captures your mind? What are you thinking about? What are my recurring thoughts? I love the way Austin Keelan says it. He says, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. So as we settle in on trying to get aligned, we're going to do it through these four looks, through four questions. I'll put them in the show notes and I'll put them out on social media this week. But where's your heart? Where's your soul? Where's your strength? And where's your mind? To say it another way, what do you want? Where are your deepest emotions? What resources are you tapping into? And what are you paying attention to? To get really practical, I carry a little field notes with me. It's a three and a half by five and a half inch notebook, like a three by five card. And I capture it on there so it fits on one page. I set my timer and honestly, it took me four minutes and one second. Okay, four minutes, one second and 86 hundredths if you want to get really technical. So in five minutes a day, you can take some time and capture where are you. And those five minutes are so worth it. I challenge you, try this just until episode 27 comes out. Bring those in two weeks and we'll dive into them and we'll start answering this question. What happens when we get aligned? We want to ask this question, what happens when we get aligned? Our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Because when we get aligned individually, then our groups can get aligned. Our churches, our schools, our workplaces And as those get aligned, man, can you imagine nations getting aligned? Oh, this could get really big. This could get really fun. This could give us a new way to communicate. And this helps us to find our tove. So as you do, grace and peace.